Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about cultural diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. How's it been going, Leah? Oh, you know, we should just like update people that this is literally like months into the lockdown now and we're dying. Slowly. Every- everything is bad. Everything's <laughs> of bad. This is after the world exploded, not the first time, the second explosion. I think we're on, like, the fourth explosion, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are easing up when they're like, oh, there's a second wave. And I'm like, the U.S. is like, "Mm, no, we haven't finished the first one. Yeah, we're still in the first wave because, like, we were so quick to jump back in. We're still in the first. We don't have to talk Uh, about how stupid everybody is. No, we're not going to talk about that today. Instead, we're going to start with a little happiness, which is that I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed. I'm feeling 22. What? So no, I was doing Taylor Swift. You can go. Oh, okay. But uh, I've noticed on Netflix that there has been a nice little uh, increase in shows with female leads premiering, uh, like within the past few months. So, which is good. Like the two that I've noticed are Summertime and Blood and Water, which unfortunately, like these are basically just dramas, and they're <laughs> only international shows. Like they're only shows that have subtitles i think one of them's italian and one of them's spanish or no one of them's one of them's italian and one of them's from south africa um but south africa. It, what Co- keep going i'm sorry okay. dude. Sorry. <laughs> um but it, it is really nice to be seeing such an increase in shows that have black female leads makes me happy <sighs> that's really awesome i'm honestly yeah. slightly disappointed because like you didn't put a comma in there so i thought that was one title and i'm like that sounds awesome summertime blood in the water that sounds awesome blood in too- the water blood and water you idiot don't call me an idiot just because <laughs> i can't I, it's not even that i can't read it's that i read what i want to read as we saw like the last time we wrote notes anywho yeah. This Any? week, Leah, we are talking about my, my favorite thing ever <laughs> is my horror. Worst. His oh, sorry, favorite, we're... my worst. I know it's That's my absolute right. favorite. So Please. we're talking about tropes that need to die. Specifically, we're going to be talking about three tropes that are more generally in the horror genre: the black guy dies first, sexy horror killers, and hellish psychiatric hospitals. So I think it's time. This this is a long, long set of notes. So let's just get right into it. Let's starting out with what is a trope? Yeah, because we might cover these uh, quite I quite feel like a we're bit. Gonna, yeah, we're <laughs> gonna cover these quite a bit in the near future. We've got went through, picked out some ones that we want to talk about. Tried to theme them, you know, like decent yes. writers that we are we're not we're not, we're not. <laughs> i think the funniest thing about the, like writing the notes is we started like writing what tropes we had to do and you're like oh crap these are all horror and i was like yes they yeah. are all horror <laughs> yeah yes yeah. if you could see my notes people it was we came up with a giant list and then i divided them into groups and the ones that i left over were horror and i was like god <laughs> Damn it! It's like it's like no. one of those things where you realize what you did. It's like ah crap. And yeah. I was like yes, and I'm sitting here. I didn't say anything because I really wanted this to happen. So 
What is a trope? And the Merriam-Webster definition is a common or overused theme or device, which is probably our most like straightforward definition we've ever had. Yeah. So what are some examples of common nerd trope? This is like the bad guy only wears black. Um, a reluctant hero is like, oh no, I don't want to be a hero. And then yeah. they end up being like the greatest uh, hero. I want to be a farmer for my life. Well, now you're the savior well, of not, humanity. Yeah, now you're the savior of mankind. And then uh, the, I want to do this. Anyway. The teenage sidekick, like all of the 50,000 Robins. Yep. Um, the com and the comic relief. So are all tropes bad? No. no. But no. I think a lot of, there are a lot of tropes that are bad and a lot of the things that are bad with neuroculture and representation are tropes. Considering the fact that like a trope has a similar definition to a stereotype, what? you can imagine how tropes might have bad ones like stereotypes. What? <laughs> <laughs> so we're the first one we are going to talk about is the black guys die first. And so what is this trope? Usually in media and most commonly horror movies, the black character or another minority is among the first to die. This isn't like has become so common as a thing that happens over and over a trope so common that characters such as Preacher from Deep Blue Sea, like Medea or Hicks from Alpha, they have made jokes like you are making jokes in the media because it is now become uh, such a common trope. Yeah, it's so common. Like it's one of the f like in high school, I had a teacher teacher who put together like a guide of horror tropes, and it's like one of the first ones you cover is that the black guy dies first. Like yeah. this is a, this is a thing that happens, and it's yeah. Um, in preparing for these notes, I like saw this article where it's like, no, the black guy doesn't die first. And then like, I went through a lot of the movies that they posted as examples. First of all, they didn't post all the horror movies this happens. They posted most examples where this doesn't happen. And then it was, yeah, the black guy didn't die first, but he died like second or third. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. okay. It's like, yeah, he'll die first, but still the minority it's like, and then like, oh, well, the character who did die first was a female character. So it's like, you're still not doing much better. No, yeah, so. you're not. You're not doing better. It's generally like, if it's not this, if it's not the black guy dies first, then you can expect there to be the last two people remaining are a, or the last person remaining is a white man, or it's a blonde, skinny perfection of a wo woman uh, character, like the final girl. Like, yeah, the final girl, as that trope is called. Yeah, so, so yeah, like I said, in some movies, like, such as Deep Blue Sea and a scary movie and a few other things, like, so the character Preacher will literally says in the movie, I'm Toast, brothers never make it out of situations like this, not ever. And then, quite literally, in Scream 2, um, a character says, um, brothers don't last long in situations like this, and the black characters all hop in a truck and get the heck out of there. Like, so it's become so common in horror that it's yeah. just like, we're going to make fun of this because it's so common. Uh -huh. So this, like, trope of the black guy dying first, like I said, has happened very commonly in movies, in horror movies, such as, like, Scream 2. Um, Omar Epps dies within, I think, the first 10 minutes. In Aliens, which is the second in the Aliens franchise, I hate the naming convention that Alien does. It goes Alien, Aliens, why not just Alien 2? Sorry. I digress. We're getting to my favorite job. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Frost dies, and then the um, the commander dies quickly after that. 
And then in Midsummer, which just came out not too long ago, there is a POC couple that dies off screen and they are the first to go. And it's not even like even a big thing. It's like, oh, where did they go? And it's like, we yeah. all know they were murdered, but they were just pretty much just off. Yeah. And then Leah, and then your favorite one, example. My one contribution, people, because let me just tell you, I don't watch horror. If you ever see me play the wa- or not play uh, Dead by Daylight, which I love to play, oddly enough, God, it was I scream. So funny. I'm not that bad at it, but I do scream quite frequently. But my one contribution is that I watch uh, zombie movies and shows. And so mine is the be all end all of this trope, which is The Walking Dead, which the TV show that basically has killed all of its <laughs> black people. All those black people, and you know, people will be like, but Michonne, and I'm like, ah, let me point you towards the list of every single black character that they've killed, and the list is like 10 plus long. <laughs> but the main examples that like I can give you, T-Dog, Tyrese, Bob, all of those were major like speaking characters in the group, and the like exclusive black person the only token black person in the groups basically and they were just killed they're just killed off but like yeah the walking dead has a horrible and they've been called out on it so many times of the fact that it's like to the point where it became such a problem that they like have had to address the fact that like people were like hey we this think you hate issue. black people <laughs> like this is this isn't okay <laughs> So I actually think there's something very important that you hit on. I don't even think that you necessarily meant to, but like the fact is that these characters are usually the only black character in whatever film or show. They're the usual token. And that's why it stands out so big is you have one black character, one or two, and then they die pretty much right off the bat. And it's just like, well, yeah. So, um, to us, why does this trope need to go away? Like, why, why, first of all, why it stands out because, like I said, it's the token characters. It's these two, these usually one or two black characters, and they go really quick. The pawns so, on your board. Yeah. The, the, the set pieces. Yeah. So, so it needs to go away because it, it presents black people and other minority characters as set pieces in order to show like very specific things, which is how strong a character is. Like, so my example for this is, um, in the X-Men first class movie, they have, um, the character Darwin who literally says that his power is to adapt to anything. And in the comics, like he's done some really awesome stuff where he's survived things that he shouldn't because he's, adapts to anything so the villain meets with the um characters and is like trying to get them on the side and they're like no we're x-men we're gonna stand strong and then he and darwin stands up and the villain goes adapt to this and he takes like one of his like bomb superpowers and sticks it in darwin's mouth and darwin explodes and dies and darwin is the only character of the main first class who dies yeah and he's of course black character First ago, and then the other minority, which I'm pretty sure her name was Firefly, she becomes evil. So it shows like that whole thing was just to show how strong the character was, but it was using the black character as like that set piece. I I think it's a like I know this kind of doesn't relate, and I didn't have it in the notes, but it it really makes me think of like 
Like, we know that there's shows that have to introduce characters to make them, to have them be just fodder, like Game of Thrones. And, like, I know it's not exactly the die first thing, but it's like you took one one of the only black female characters in that show and have her die as a, a freed slave in chains again. And it's like, it's that same thing of, like, how is that? necessary because you've just reduced her again to a set piece and it's like that's exactly what we're saying here is that it was meant to be like look how serious this is yeah look how serious then that's the others like the see how serious the situation is is to present a, a set piece character usually black who gets murdered off like in this way it's like oh my god things are real because this guy just got slaughtered in front of us yeah and yeah so it's Using characters less as human and more as set pieces for, like, fodder to to show the story. And, like, it's... Sorry. It's frustrating, to say the least. Because, like, in these, it's not showing... Like, it's showing the white characters as being heroic and, like, oh, yeah, we're saving the day. And then it's showing the black character as, like, oh, yeah, he's the supporting guy who dies in order to make it make it like a serious situation for this hero yeah it's why like, not put it's the like, hero in danger rather than his little black sidekick exactly and it's like the same as like we make jokes all the time about the red shirts in star trek but it's <laughs> like why is this the equivalent and why is it racial like do you get the same it's the same thing where it's just like we talk about red shirts but it's like that's just a a rank that that happens to this is yeah. this is an actual like group of people with an identity that you're doing this to yeah yeah like the red shirts like it's there it's this their class rather than based off their skin color like it shouldn't be the red shirts and the black skins mm-hmm. <sighs> okay the other reason this should die is it shows minorities as expendable like i said while the other white characters are shown as heroic my example, the one that I always go back to is the first tra- Michael Bay Transformers film, the um, character Jazz. And while he wasn't a black role, like he wasn't a black character, like they stereotyped him into being a black character. He was rapping and breakdancing and doing things that Michael Bay says that cool black people do. And yeah, so he was Bay. so he was the cool black black sidekick and he is again the only of the main transformers cast to die and he literally gets ripped in half by megatron yeah and and like the most uh, unceremoniously way he gets ripped in half and just tossed asunder and then they're all like oh no jazz and then quickly move on yeah god michael mm. we could have a whole episode on michael bay that man yeah like what he did to megan fox is and anyways moving on so there will be a lot of sighing in this episode guys so it the trope needs to die because it can also be paired to the trope of the spook and i I feel like there people I feel like people know of this trip but don't really know what it is. So the spook is a character who is quote unquote spooked by any and everything and it's usually a 
a black character and usually a comedic relief. He's often like spared from death by his ability to make people laugh. Like he's the character, like when the ghost comes in, he's like, Oh Lord, there's a ghost in here type thing. It's like very <laughs> over dramatic, like freaking out. Like he, like a lot of times when you see in the old movies, he has like the very wide eye, like mouth agape, like, Oh my Lord, spare my soul top. Thing. It's that. And like, you laugh, I'm but that's sorry. how it is no, portrayed. I know it is. I know it is. It's just I'm not laughing. I'm laughing because the your impression was unexpected. Unexpected that's and why. very spot on. My, it's my spot dear. on. That's why. Oh, oh my, <laughs> gee, my Jesus saved me. Oh, okay. But anyways, um, so this a uh, spook is like a character caricature of a black character because like i said it's showing like the wide eye like oh we're so scared of everything and it's it's yep. usually just done in such a way that is usually very offensive to black people um some oh, examples yeah. of this are the character mike epps from resident evil apocalypse who's like oh god the zombies and freaking out about everything mm-hmm. that happens and also if anybody has seen the show psych the character gus is I hate to say it because I do love the show Psych, but the character Gus, especially in the later seasons, becomes the yeah. spook character where he's literally screaming and running off every time something scary happens. And it's yeah. it's it's upsetting to see to a point where it's just like, why can't this character be taken serious? Because he's ah! and running off every time something remotely scary happens and fainting with sight of blood and all that stuff. It's it's it's. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating to see because it's basically, like, considering the times we're in, it, like, really works to delegitimize the, like, nervousness and fear that minorities live in in certain situations, like the fear of the police. And it over-exaggerates that. And it's, like, uh, it, it really is a way to, like, take someone's actual fear of living in fear of a society where they are the minority, where they're they're in actual harm's way, and like trumping it up to be something that's a joke. Like yeah. this is this is probably the most relevant thing to what's happening currently in society is this trope. Because then we take the trope of the spook and people see, oh, well, black people are always like spirited, easily frightened by things. And then when something does happen, it's just like, oh, well, he was just spooked. Oh, it's not a big deal. They're just yeah. overreacting because that's what so, uh, I hate saying this out loud. I hate putting this into words, but that's what they do. And yeah. but that's what people say. Yeah, that's what people say. That's what it becomes like showing that the black character is this whole whole like, oh my gosh, all these things happening. Like then people like see black people reacting to things in real life, and it's like, oh, they're just overreacting because that's what they do. And so like usually these black characters like dying first and like present it as this type of spook, it's all paired into one thing because oh, the guy who's a scary cat is the one who's gonna die. This black character dies like that i think a lot of people like they know about this trope of the black guy dies at the end but i don't think they like think about this in relation to the spook and like how insidious that is in your life and like yeah actually think about the implications of this like seriously go and think about these characters in relation to what's happening now with police brutality it is it's it's why i eye opening about like how much you don't think about this 
Like, even if you think about the fact that, yeah, oh, yeah, the black character dies at the end, I don't think you really are comprehending the fact of how this, like, systematically, over time, builds up this character... Caricature? Caricature. Why can't I say that word? Whatever, moving on. There's a lot of um, C's in it, that's why. Caricature. Yeah. It, of black people, and, like, how this builds up and, like, creates an image, like, that even though it's in horror, which isn't real, can actually legitimately impact how you think. I think it's important for people to think about that. Because it, it, it does pair with the, well, why were they scared in the first place? It's, oh, they shouldn't have run. They should have just been fine because now we're like seeing black people as overreacting to everything because we're mm. just spooks to certain people. Which we will hopefully get into <sighs> very deeply in the next episode. Wahaha, teaser. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're, we're getting back into the really fun episodes, especially for oh, me. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> so is this whole the um, black character dies first? Is this a horror trope? And no, the minority dying first is not just confined to the horror genre and can be seen in movies such as stealth. Such as, roll out your Vanna White here, such as. Such as, okay, actually, so I was going to say this earlier because I just remembered like the sheer disappointment that I felt and there, even as a kid. So we went to see Jurassic Park 3. And while the black character wasn't the very first in the movie to die, of the group that go onto the island to um, find out what's happening and, you know, save whoever, whatever that stupid movie was about, the black character is the first to die of that group. And I remember that. And it's like, well, you you always see, he only has like maybe one or two lines. And you see him for a second and then he's dead. And then it focuses on white people. I remember being disappointed as a kid because like i said i was always looking for this type of representation and constantly seeing the representation i wanted just get murdered in front of my eyes yeah but um so it can also be a scene in movies such as stealth where jamie fox's character is the first on the team to die 300 which the only black speaking role character is literally kicked into a pit and everybody everybody should know that scene um the movie yep. red where it's all the older super uh, older um vigilante like superhero characters morgan freeman is the only black character on the team and is the only of the main leads to die and again i was severely disappointed because all the trailers in the movie made him out to be like this really cool smooth character and he wasn't that and he like dies like i think halfway through the movie or whatever um, the other guys, both minority characters, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock, die first in a comedic way to make room for the lead, the white lead roles to take over the position. That's what the movie was about. And they're like those cool guys who like do something stupid to die. But still, it's really telling and kind of upsetting if you think about it, where the two minorities in the movie just jump off a roof. Yeah. And then in Chronicle, the amazing and absolutely beautiful, perfect actor just... The coolest dude out there, Michael B. Jordan, my dude, Michael Jordan's B. Jordan. I, I, dude, I love that man so much. He is killed by. He is the only of the main characters to. Um, okay, no, because the other uh, spoiler, the other guy dies, but like he is the first of the main um characters to die by getting struck by lightning. So, <laughs> uh, sinking in, moving on. We got a ways to go. Yes, let's quickly. Um, so examples yeah. of movies that avert this trope and stand out: Night of the Living mm -hmm. Dead. The character Ben, um, he survives to the end, and it's a very, very early film to first have a black 
main lead character and also have him survive and be in charge he wasn't the spook he wasn't scared of everything he was in charge the whole entire time through that movie he reacts very well to the situations that are presented to him and i think as a black character is a very strong way of being written especially all the way back in 1968 i wouldn't be surprised too that like because while we were thinking about this i thought about left for dead 2 which has two I now just saying I haven't really played extensively Left 4 Dead 2, but has two playable characters who are uh, POC. And that, like, I think the influence of the Night of the Living Dead potentially led to this, like, more prevalent uh, portrayal of um, black characters as playable characters in these games. I think that potentially could have had an influence and a decent influence on that. Yeah. And, okay, first of all, watch Night of the Living Dead the 1968 version it's literally free you can literally get it free off of wikipedia it's such a good movie and Mm -hmm. it's it's a movie way before it's time and it talks a lot about commercialism in america guys it's got depth it's george romero was way before his time that movie is so good and then second um i was gonna make a joke and i was gonna say it's like it is very funny that in dead by daylight when i'm playing the black character always dies first (laughs) (laughs) it's really messed up (laughs) it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that i'm bad at that game (laughs) but um anyways second example um despite being absolutely goofy and just uh the absolutely dumbest movie out there giant snake in the rainforest and they also made so many sequels but um anaconda ice cube survives the whole entire time which is nice um in the thing um keith david survives to the end and then your example Leah. oh yeah my uh, guys i can contribute only in very small ways this episode i gotta say <laughs> so that's why he's like here's your example yeah, like, Here, here's your um, olive branch you 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 have your little fun my little example this is i'm anyways whatever uh my little example is the witcher tv series which oddly enough we've talked about my mixed feelings about the show but they actively like i don't know if it's intentional or not but they they are very explicit in the way that they show that in the in in the fall of the oh my god whatever that city is whatever the black general is one of the last people to to get to to die i think he does actually end up dying but everybody ends up dying in that but he's one of the last people to go in that city and they show you that multiple times they send him out to like they're like the queen tells him to go fortify shit and he goes out and you're like most shows you would never expect to see him again because he's a black guy and it's like okay everybody's gonna die no he comes back he's still kicking he's alive (laughs) and he's one of the last people standing which i i appreciate i appreciate the fact they did that that they were like oh yeah he's not disposable he's still here he's the general of the army it makes sense why the fuck he survives so i mean and also the black sorceress is also the lead of the evil army and is just like Haha, I'm gonna kill all y'all, so it's nice. Was that Philippa? I don't remember, dude. I, I think it's Philippa. I no, wait. We're no, gonna say something wrong, and I apologize to all the Witcher fans, but I don't remember, man. I should know, but they all get very confused. The sorceress is. Yeah, you, you of all people should know because you've played I know the names way of more of that them, game than I have ever played. <laughs> I know the names of most of them, but I can't remember yeah. her, which specifically is the one. She's the one who's considered the most beautiful. That's all I know. Yeah. 
I'm, and she does survive to through most of the games. So. Yeah, and she she's on top of it the whole time. Uh huh. Um. All right. Okay, so <laughs> uh, I laugh because I laugh because I have the notes in front of me and I know what's coming next. So, sexy horror killers is our next trope. So, what is this trope? Mm. Leah, Tell me. I pose this question yeah. to you. Have you ever uh-huh. been exploring a haunted house and then you turn around and a giant lantern with sexy lady legs is chasing you? Or is that just me? Probably oh, you know, it's it's a part of my everyday life. It's all the time. <laughs> so, so I want to go into this. Like, I laugh so hard about this because it's so funny. We were writing the notes for this. And Leo's like, Jordan, what was the game where it's like the sexy legs just attached to a lantern? I'm like, I or a light. No, it was a, it wasn't even a lantern. I wasn't even that specific. I said oh, a, a light. light. A sexy legs attached <laughs> to a light. And I was like. That's can't that can't be a thing. It's like what what are you talking about? And so I just typed in sexy legs attached to light and it it's real. It's actually a enemy in the evil yeah, the evil within, right? That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's all these games have evil, evil in their title and I always get them mixed up but the evil within there is literally it is two sexy lady legs. It's called the shade. The shade, sexy lady legs with like a bloody cloth over it and a lantern for a head. And it's just uh, legs light, that go yeah. straight to a fog light. And it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was, I, just saying, it was an excellent description on my part. It, it really, because like, I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, there it is. That's what you were yep. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But this trope, let's talk about this trope. This trope is exactly as it sounds. Ridiculous. The The trope basically presents monsters as either being part sexy woman or having the body of a sexy woman. So, it's basically a mixture of the two, a hybrid. Yeah, so quick examples um, from Silent Hill. You have the nurses, which have, like, the bandaged, messed up faces, but they have, like, real sex bodies and showing cleavage. Like, they're always they're always also leaned in a way so you could just see how much cleavage they're showing. Um, yeah. <laughs> then you also get Quaylag from Dark Souls, which is a f- nude female body on top of a gross spider monster. And this is actually... Very common to see new yeah, female oh, body on top God. of sexy monster. I um, wish I like had more names to give you, but the fact is, is I have seen this trope. Like it's the idea of the brood mother, yes. which is just like that you have the sexy, you have a sexy lady with a spider body, and we'll get into why that is. Yeah, and <laughs> but yeah, Quaylag is the most confusing thing for me because I hate spiders. Um, And then, like we mentioned, the shade from Evil Within, which is the giant lantern. I just, I don't understand who I saw this. Like, yeah, it's just, okay, so that um, lantern, it's pretty scary, but put some sexy legs on it. Yeah, Yeah. just just throw throw some sexy legs on it. But why, why do we hate this, Leah? Why do we hate it? Okay. Why? So, see, I say why, because, like, instantly I can think, we don't see like a big penis or like a big set of dude abs walking around trying to kill people. Dude it's, abs? Yeah, dude abs. Dude. Well, cause when I say dude abs, I imagine like the big guy at the beach who's like lifting the weights, like, look at my dude oh, abs. Oh god. Why is dude abs what you're laughing at? Do we do we need to have an argument right now? Dude abs. I'm like me a child would say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you saying that I sound like a child, Leah? Hmm. 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 
Well, hey, um, guys, thank you for listening. This is the last episode of the Side Characters Podcast. I've been Jordan, and this has been Leah. We're ending it here. Anyways. Continue. I hate you so much. Do yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Big set of man abs that you can just touch that glistens. You don't see that. You usually just see a, fe- a sexy female ca- character being the horror thing. So, Leah, please get into this because you could definitely go way harder than I can. So, I just, I want to forewarn people that this is going to like lead to yelling. This is going to go into, well, yeah, but it's going to go into a place that sounds ridiculous because people generally like get in, you get into that like Freudian territory, which sounds insane, but it's not. I would like everybody to take this seriously a little bit. Yeah. Even though this is a ridiculous topic. Yes. It like, has first, first, it has to do a lot with the fact that men are creating this for a supposed male audience. Ugh. So horror games are for men. And so. Because women horror. don't like horror, which is not true at all. No. <sighs> Sorry, I'm already most getting mad. People, <laughs> I'm just saying most of the Let's Players who I see doing horror, the ones who are losing their shit are always guys. Yes. Just saying. It- the women usually do pretty well. <laughs> And that's that's an anecdote, but and a lot of the people saying. I know that you know, again anecdotal, but a lot of people I know who really like horror are female. So the whole thing is, mm-hmm. oh, this is for men, men audience. No, 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 no. It's not that. Which just saying, as a woman, I, I don't find any of these things, at all horrific or sexy. I'm gonna. Like, we're gonna get to the point where I start way. yelling pretty soon, so let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, continuing on. There's like basically like two. I've split this into like two different ways that this is like presented, and the first one is that it presents like this this hybrid of woman and monster presents the female body as like monstrous and grotesque and something to be feared. So, like, a lot of people go into the way that this relates to, like, menstruation and motherhood as something that are, like, inherently scary, particularly to men, and is something that you shouldn't, you should be afraid of. Oh, my God! Blood coming out of female orifices! Ah! All right. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's that idea that like, along with menstruation and motherhood, like that the female body is just something unknown and feared and it's not allowed and it's evil. Yeah. And it's like, there's so many examples. Like, let's go with the classic one of Carrie. Yeah. As we all know, Carrie gets her first period and her mother locks her in a closet, believing that her period is the manifestation of sinful sexual desires. Uh, uh, uh. and also My silence is frustrating that absolute trash movie the last exorcism where the main protagonist is now susceptible to the devil when she hits puberty in her- yeah it just like all goes along like we've talked about on previous ep- episodes how like female female pleasure is like something that's forbidden and like gets censored quite frequently it's all that idea that anything relating to women is bad like anything have a like oh it's just everything's bad the female body is something that's like you're not even supposed to look at it like as a woman i know the number of people who are like you're not even supposed to look at your own female genitalia and a lot of women don't end up actually like knowing what's happening down there due to poor sex education until they are adults like that's a thing that happens and it's because this whole thing that it's like not allowed you're not allowed to know what's going on. 
It's all a nebulous black box. It's so you're, you're not I, allowed to know what it's going on unless it's sexualized for men. And it's sorry, I'm getting angry. Um, and it's and you're not allowed to be sexual yourself. You're just supposed to be ogled at. Yeah. And so which goes? God, I'm gonna start throwing into, stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 gonna calm. I'm trying to head pat head pat. Um, the this goes into the other side of this, which is the idea that. Uh, the succubus or sirens that women are the cause of men's downfall. Down, downfall. 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 People. Women are <laughs> the cause of men's downfall. The downfall. It's the idea of Eve as the original sin, which I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of true. Is the idea that like by showing women as like these sexual beings, it's something that's meant to like as something that's evil, that's meant to destroy men, to like you know, tempt them into doing something awful. Like, it's the idea, like, you know, you think of, like, the those plants that attract you in with the scent and stuff like that. It's meant to lure you in and lead you to your own death. And that's the same with women, is that women women are meant to, to lure away men from their happy relationships into affairs and shit like that. It's, it, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's what these games are showing. Believe me. It's even more so than horror. And I know we're going to do this a different episode, but in a lot, in a lot of media, it is shown the woman like seduces the man and like either hurts him or takes something from him or like leads the man to doing something he wants because he's seduced by a woman is usually showing the woman as this, this power over a man who can make him like, who can bend him to his knees and be like, ah, yes, now you are seduced by the evil that is my female body type thing it's it's done a lot in a woman's sexual side is showed as being this weapon rather than just being what it should yeah. be is a sexual side just as a man's sexuality like i don't understand why a woman's sexuality is a weapon and a man's is not i don't understand yeah. it it doesn't make sense it's just oh there's so much about this there's the side that like one, men use sex as a way to dominate women and have for so many years. It's a way to, like, cut them down. And two, it's a way for men to, like, not be responsible for their own actions, which we're going to get into at some point. I'm about to have a yelling match on this pot, or not a yelling match, a yelling, a scream fest, basically, of me yelling about biological determinism oh, at some point. But yeah. What, so the thing that frustrates me is when the shoe is on the other foot, it's like the woman is the one who's bad. Like when the woman is being sexual, the woman is bad. But when the man is being sexual, he is dominating the woman. And, oh, he's seen as like this great thing who dominates women. And oh, yes, great heroic man has sex when he wants. But like when a woman does it, she's a slut. She's bad. And it's just, it. I was screaming about this before the episode started. Is just like, why is a woman's sexuality bad? Why is like, is it a good thing that a woman likes sex? Like, why why is that bad? And I just happen to say, <laughs> if you're looking for a way to like help women feel like to support women, <laughs> yelling about your frustrations with how the system works 
makes women feel pretty good. Just saying. As a, as a, just saying, it's a really nice form of support. Like, I'm saying to you that I'm really happy about the fact that you're yelling about this being annoyed because it's a problem. I think it's awesome when a woman is like shows her sexuality. It's like, women, she she's on top, confident, great. But like, there are men who are just like, oh, ills. Like, what, what is wrong with you? Shouldn't that be a good thing when a woman's like, I want to have sex with you. Why is that a bad thing? Why? Because hmm. women are monstrous creatures that are meant to be feared. And I think all the screaming, that's exactly why this trope needs to burn. It needs yeah, to burn. Exactly. <laughs> There's so, I just like, ugh, ugh. It, it's, yeah. And like, just on the last point, like, it's perpetuating again that male gaze that like objectifies women and shows women as like these sexual monsters. And as we said, either want to kill you or seduce you. To your downfall. Like that, we're just emphasizing that again. And it's why that needs to burn. Because just saying, most of us, most of us, let's say 50% of the human race, aka women, or more than 50% now, I think we're whatever, and many men don't find it A, horrifying, B, sexy. Like, none of this is great. There are so many more interesting ways to create horror rather than using the female body like come on oh yeah we're gonna get to that section where i scream about what horror should be we'll we'll get there yeah but so here is an example of this kind of thing to (laughs) calm we're calming we're calm yeah yeah you you hear me like trying to do like the breathe in breathe out (laughs) breathe in breathe out we got this we got this so here's kind of an example where this kind of thing where sexuality is used but it isn't like completely a horrifying example of like the kind of thing we were talking about earlier so the movie alien uses sexual imagery like the penis the xenomorph head is very phallic shaped and the vagina the face hugger if you look at the picture of what the face hugger looks like it is straight up a vagina and it uses it in a way to unsettle and disrupt that part of the mind where it views sex as pleasurable by twisting it into a horrific monstrosity without it explicitly being female like the whole thing is using sexual imagery on both like man and female to be a scary thing presenting sex in general as yeah. scary not just like hey look at this sexy lady she's scary ain't she yeah and i think we should clarify in this point that this is different because this is actually as jordan told me because i don't know this that they have this is they've explained that this is what they were going for this is what they were trying to achieve yes most games that use this well they'll be like well we were doing people will be like well other games are doing the same thing no no they were the ones specifically trying to make sex in general a scary thing and that's why alien is so frightening because your brain is like wait is it sex good? And it's just like, no, penis monster is shooting acid at you and chasing you down the hallway. Yeah. And it's not explicitly only female. Yes. So yeah, I think that's the thing is that that's like a, it's an, it, you can use sexuality in a different way. And, but also, you also need to have justification for it. Also some levity and kind of a joke. I just want to say the, um, this trope is exactly why there are so many people with the fetish for monster girls. Just throwing that out there. Anime gets weird. Uh, We can laugh it off. We know. We all know. We all know you and your weird mangas and your hentais. 
Look, I say, uh, but I just want people to know that I know exactly what he's talking about. I have been down those roads. Yeah. The internet. See, I knew you I would, know, I knew I you know. know. That's why I just went ahead and said it rather than be like trying to explain it because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because just <laughs> saying, people might not realize this. I know the weird places manga goes probably better than Jordan does. Hey, I wouldn't say, you know, it's not a competition. <laughs> I'm... You don't know half of what I've seen. And you so don't know, that's where my Bro, husband... you don't know half of what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk yeah. about how weird we've gotten before. We Anyways. don't need to talk about this. Um, but yeah, like, my UG comes from a place of knowledge, people. <laughs> no, dude, I went to college to Anyways. gather up that knowledge. Anyways, the third trope Continuing. we are going to talk about is trope number <sighs> three. Hellish and, mental yeah. hospitals. Again, another thing that affects both of us and we can get super mad about. So, yep. what is this trope? It is mm-hmm. presenting mental institutions as horrifying or murderous. So, like, it's you, you know, usually like in horror movies and stuff, you like have the character go to the mental hospital and it's absolute hell on earth where it's like they go in there's people getting shock therapy there's like oh yeah you're about to get a lobotomy it's like it's in the, the walls are all dingy that's like cracked tile like you hear something probably see ghosts um it's like you're definitely being held with against your will and that is like the idea of a hellish mental hospital so like but, but jordan but jordan please. isn't that how mental hospitals were Okay, to a point, <laughs> mental hospital, <laughs> mental hospitals, Sorry. like, it's, it's, this whole stereotype is driven from the, the, um, idea from, like, the late 1800s and early 1900s when mental hospitals were pretty horrifying. It's like when lobotomies were first introduced, this kind of thing was happening. In order to fix someone, they thought shoving an ice pick through your eye socket up to your brain and tappy tappy tap was the only way to fix you and so these things and it's a way that he made money it's yeah it is he made a lot of money but these things happened. shock therapy happened It, it was real but but there has been vast absolutely vast reform on mental hospitals and mental health treatment and this myth myth uh stereotype still exists but it is going away mental hospitals are safe for people you're not going to go into a mental hospital, usually, usually, I will say usually, not going to go to a mental hospital and be um, tortured. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to yeah. say who knows. I just like, the thing what we're trying to say here is we know, we know what horrific places they used to be. Yes. And that they were basically just prisons before. That is legitimate. However, there are legit no other portrayals of mental health institutions and mental health in general available yeah like in these in particularly in video games and shows i can think of at least 10 of each that do this and i'm not going to get into it because i don't need to we need to stop listing things speaking of listing things hellish institutions include torture lobotomies against the will i thought that was a funny transition um monsters roaming the hall Skeevy administrations filled with sexual abusers or people doing experiments, um, i.e. see the movie um, Sucker Punch, um, people held mm-hmm. against their will, shock therapy, where you get like the person getting like a, sp- a spoon, a wooden spoon shoved in their mouth and then getting shocked to all hell. 
the wooden spoon was so they wouldn't bite their tongue off. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I these, I laugh because it's like I've seen so much of it, and it's always portrayed in the most hammed up way, and it's really dumb. Um, but it also, per, this whole hellish mental mental institutions i was in the middle of saying hospitals and institutions at the same time this whole thing like also perpetuates this like stereotype that as mental health patients as deranged killers and like this serial killers they they were the ones who have this um trope to appear but most serial killers are in prisons and not mental institutions like i i i happen to say i've done the white woman thing but i probably before many white women did this when i was younger i used to like to read a lot about serial killers and watch a lot of criminal minds and read a lot about different things and i like the majority of the most famous serial killers that have existed end up in prisons yes or are dead yeah and i mean it's it's very very rare that they end up in mental institutions yes it's very rare and you would think that there would be more games that deal with prisons instead, but no. And to that point of very few of them end up in mental institutions, I can only really think of one of the like mainstream killers that really did, and that was Ed Gein, but he wasn't A, wasn't really a serial killer, and B, like he was one of the few like, that actually needed to go to a mental institution. All the rest needed to be locked behind bars for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah. But it's... Also, yeah, I've done way too much research on serial killers. Yeah, I, just, I think it just, this goes into that idea, it reinforces the idea that mental health, mental illness equals bad, and that you are inherently violent and or evil. Yeah, it, it's the association between serial killers and mental health illness, mental illness. And that's like a lot. Which doesn't actually exist. It's a lot of the time in like the horror movies and whatever even if it's not in a mental institution like the final killer if they are human will end up being some psychopath usually having multiple personality disorder or schizophrenia but schizophrenia but schizophrenics are not inherently violent people as the video games and movies portrayed and multiple personalities are incredibly rare and is still very debated within psychiatry I can speak. And not at all associated with schizophrenia. They're not related at all. Yeah. At all. At all. And, like, really, though, and, like, because of this whole trope in this whole, like, where, oh, schizophrenics and multiple personality disorder is this big thing and it happens all the time and this is killer, killers do this. Like, the um, serial killer, one of the Hillside Stranglers, Ken Bianchi, he actually tried to get out of sentencing by pretending to have multiple personality disorder, but finally he slipped up portraying it like in the mainstream movie way, and that's how they caught him because it's like, oh, he's definitely faking based off of books and movies he's been reading. Yeah. It's just it's, it's just fake. <laughs> like we just wanna yeah, we just wanna say there's no association. This is like a, a really odd way that this like and it it's just it bothers me so much because it's it's just associating and and creating this bigger stigma when we should just acknowledge the fact that most of these people most of these killers are just awful human beings yep awful human beings who hit their head a little too hard and that's not a joke Mm. because there's a 
part of it relating is the McDonald triad of like hit their head, blah, blah, blah. Don't have to get into it. Listen to the last podcast if you want to know about this stuff or other. There's tons of true crime to go into it if you're actually interested. Yeah. Anyways, why do we hate it? Leah, you got this. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, I'm going to maybe quiet your headphones. This is not one flies over the cuckoo's nest. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Nah. Yeah. Sorry, no, what was that I missed is... you say that? Can you say that one more time? This <laughs> is not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Nah. <laughs> We did. <laughs> something that bothers me a lot. It, it, it really. <laughs> yeah. It like let's let's use other things other than mental institutions as our place of choice. Like, like prisons yes, are horrifying. That, yeah, prisons are horrifying, and I understand the fact that a lot that horror uh plays on the tricks on the mind that stuff. That's not what I'm opposed to here. I'm opposed to the setting. Because what it does is it puts this negative stigma against getting help. And, like, by showing that all the bad people are people who have mental illnesses and, like, using the same locale over and over again, it enforce, reinforces, again, this mental... that you can't get help. And it shows mental health is scary. And that's not helpful to anyone. And I'm just going to go on a little bit of a thing here, you unless you have something nope, else you to got say it, before that. I'm about to do my okay. rant after it, so you got it. Yeah, people who have been working incredibly hard over the years to destigmatize mental health clinics, which just saying most of them are now called clinics. Let's call it that instead. Therapy and no your therapist doesn't want to sleep with you and medications. Like the people have been working so hard to destigmatize that. There's there's already enough to contend with without video games and movies making it worse, particularly in this case for men because men are less likely to seek help and as like we want to say men do play video games this is this is an influence but like it's making it worse when you have a group of people a segment of the population who doesn't want to even see a fucking doctor let alone a mental health professional like men are less likely to seek any sort of mental or medical help and we don't want to enforce that and reinforce it to them that seeking help is bad like it's just it's just uh uh um also just i mean i'm doing this impromptu but i just want to say it's like getting mental help is not a bad thing talking to a therapist is not a bad thing you're not weak you're not crazy you're not whatever you're putting your head of being you're not like it's not a bad thing taking care of yourself should be the most important thing and if it means getting help from a therapist, getting antidepressants, getting going to a place to get that mental help that you need, that's what you need to do. It shouldn't be a bad thing. And I second that. And that's coming from two people who do have mental health issues. And it's like we're talking from a place of knowledge that like this is it's incredibly ho- it's incredibly frustrating to see these being perpetuated yeah. because it's taken myself so long to get over certain things and to seek assistance for things and to like see other people go down paths that they didn't think that they could get assistance with. So yeah, it, it's, that's why this is important. It's also like, it is something that you have to like work at and try too, because like 
not every therapist is for you. It's also like seeking out and like trying to find the help that works for you. Just knowing that you can get help. You you can get help. Yeah. Okay. I hope I hammered that in enough. Ding, ding, ding. I think we did. I think we did a decent job. Okay. So now I need to say this. This is probably the most important thing that will be said this episode. More important than anything else. A good horror movie does not rely on tropes. And so the thing, like this thing that I'm going to have to push forward for everybody, a good horror movie doesn't rely on tropes. It doesn't need to rely on jump scares or sexy monsters or like killing off the black guy in order to show something as scary. No, horror movie in itself needs to be scary, needs to have an inherently scary um setting and plot and like there are things that are scary that don't need to rely on tropes so mm-hmm. i'm gonna say just gonna put this one out here the movie get out it, mm-hmm. the um systemic racism is scary and the fact yeah. that you the also being trapped in a place where you cannot seek out help from other people and being around people who you think are well-intentioned, but also doing systemic, like acts of systemic racism around you, that is very scary. That is a movie that creates a very scary environment without yeah. sexy monsters or mental, hellish mental institutions or um, killing the black guy first. A deer dies first in that movie. I Yes. <laughs> I want to interject here and just like, uh Shout out to Jordan Peele for everything he did for this movie because, like, Get Out is one of the only horror movies that, like, I will recommend to literally everyone because as a white person seeing this movie, he, it's a master class, a master class in control of emotions. Like, I don't know if other people, of course, I'm now going to be spoiling Get Out, so whatever. Uh, uh, Give us uh, 30 seconds if you don't want it spoiled. Anyways, go. Okay. So basically, the masterclass of it is that he heightens this tension of this typical like emotions that you get with horror. The idea of like running away in the end sequence when he's trying to escape of trying to kill people who are coming after him that he doesn't have help that he's not going to get away and that he's running towards his freedom. And then he sees a cop car. Yeah. And is afraid of who's going to get out of it. And what that does this like transition is this excellent portrayal that as a white person made me like be like this this is the closest as a white person i will get to the fear that potentially friends like my friend jordan here experience every day going out and being stopped by a cop car yep it is that he successfully transitions the fear that is created during a horror movie into real world fear in a second just by having that cop car show up and it's oh he it's so good it's a movie that completely subverts the genre it it does a good actually no it revitalizes the genre and shows what's truly scary it's not something popping out of a corner that's not true fear that's you are scared because surprise no he presents a holy truly scary concept which is racism <laughs> yeah and it's, and, it's uh, be- i just it's beautiful i also appreciate the fact that it doesn't rely on gore yeah. 
which I think that the like I I I I don't like horror movies, but I do because I actually like horror movies that are psychological. So I like Silence of the Lambs and stuff like that. <laughs> and I think Get Out revitalized that fact that horror can be psychological, be- but not rely on the mental institutions. Because that's the thing is horror is in general is something that's supposed to strike the part of your brain that is fear. It's supposed to be purely psychological and doing these tropes, especially the jump scares, especially like the doing these like hammy things that have to happen in every horror movie that ruins the genre because now we're seeing the stuff that's like, it's not good. It's not scary. You're just, you're just annoying us at this phase. Anyways. So here's a couple Jordan Jordan Peele appreciation hour. Over. Yeah, I he's he's a man after well, I'm a man after his heart, I guess, but anyways. <laughs> marry me, Jordan Peele. Marry me. Um <laughs> He's already married. Hey man. Divorce happens. <laughs> I, I, I really just wanna like pause this show just after your reaction of oh god. <laughs> That's like the best reaction to anything I've ever had. That you just like, oh god. Okay, so um, so here's a couple movies that are truly changing the horror genre. Get Out, another Jordan yeah. Peele movie, Us, um, yeah. which is just watch it. I don't want to explain anything about it. Just watch it. It's so good. It's so so good. Um, Ready or Not, which does have tropes in it but does just a really good job of subverting the home invasion genre and just do a really good job of revitalizing. It's funny moments. It's, oh my gosh, that movie, it's, it's so very funny. good. It just... And it's not, it's not Margot Robbie. No, it's not Margot Robbie. To... It's not. <laughs> they, they, they need to do a movie where they play sisters. I just need to say. Yeah. Um, The movie Hush, which is a home invasion film with the lead character is deaf. And that movie is so good. Um, The Babadook, who apparently is a gay gay icon, icon. which doesn't make sense to me. Happy Pride Month, Babadook, with his lover, Pennywise. Everybody look up that meme of the Babadook as a gay icon because you will have a very good laugh. It is very funny. It's just... I, I happen to say, writing this, it's supposed that to Jordan. I didn't know I about it. I haven't seen the Babadook. All I know is that the Babadook is a gay icon. Because <laughs> someone made a joke and it just caught on. Someone, they, they joked like, wait, everybody talks about gay icons, but haven't they ever mentioned the Babadook? And then it caught on as like, yes, the guy Babadook is this huge gay icon. And I love it. He's the greatest. Well, it, I don't know if it was fake, but there was like a, it might have been doctored image that was labeled the Babadook and put it under LGBT movies. Okay. And then lastly, the film that does a really good job changing the genre was A Quiet Place, um, which yeah. is, you know, monsters hunt by um, sound and you have to be silent and they do a good job of creating tension based on scenes of silence and just... Again, just watch the movie. They're all really good films. Mm-hmm. And these films, I will say, none of them are like super scary. They are all watchable by people who don't like the horror genre as well. So just just check them out. Just check them out. Yeah. So yeah. this was a good episode. We somehow hammered out all of this in way less time than I thought we were going to do it. I thought this was going to be a two-hour episode. <laughs> I we We pressed on. We did a decent job. No, no, no. We did a good job. 
believe in yourself, Leo. Nah. Believe in yourself. Ah. Anyways, ah. so as usual, I'm we're in- tonight. I don't do that. We're editing at the end of our episode, so let's do our normal thing of what have we? Wow, I just completely just said all that wrong. What have we been consuming recently? In media, let's add in media. No, no, no. Oh, well, actually, I've been cooking a lot recently, so I'm uh, started. Um, actually, you know how I used to hate onions, Leah? Yeah, I started eating onions now, and they're actually really good. Onions are delicious. I, I still will not eat mushrooms. I still will not ever eat no, mushrooms. No, I don't. I don't do mushrooms. mushrooms are, why would you eat a thing called a fungus? I just come on. Anyway. All right, continue. So, what on. have we been consuming in media? Uh, Leah, do you want to um, well, go? I can go? Okay, first. yes. Yeah, I'll go first. For for once, I wrote down something, but I also feel like there's something I forgot. Probably. So maybe it'll come up next time, or maybe I won't remember because I always don't remember. So the one thing I have is not really okay. It's not really in I like I don't know where it fits, but there's this series that just came out called Where Your Eyes Linger. Um, it's available on Viki, uh, and it's a Korean. LGBT series. So one, there's the Korean like boys love uh, genre hasn't really been that prevalent, especially in Korea. There's a huge stigma against it, but they produced this series called Where Your Eyes Linger, and it's really short. Sadly, uh, eight, ten minute episodes, but it's so. It's so well done. It's, it's, yeah. They did a really good job, like, for once, because a lot of uh, Korean and uh, Japanese boys love end in tragedy, unfortunately. And, uh, but it's like, it's just a, it's just a romantic story. And it's really good. And in many ways, I'm like, it doesn't, it's not that ridiculousness that often gets... Like, it shows the, some of the complexities of, like, having that type of relationship while not saying, not getting into the, like, I don't know, ham it up place that other things get into. It's really well done. It's, uh, yeah, highly recommend. It's short. It's it's beautiful to watch. Um, they did a really good job filming it. And I feel like it's a lot of series, particularly Western series, could learn from how you portray people, like... A lot of, sorry, this is a random tangent, but a lot of Western series tend to show uh, non-heterosexual relationships and they film them differently, romantic relationships, they film them differently than they do um, heterosexual, whatever. Oh my God. What just happened? They film, (laughs) (laughs) let me start again. So Western series often will film heterosexual romantic relationships differently than they'll film uh lgbt relationships like they'll they'll change the tactics of how they're filming like a lot of them rely in heterosexual relationships on like long glances and like long shots of them looking at each other and i think this series shows like the like the amount of like good filming it takes to show like physical attraction between people and chemistry and it does a really good job of showing that okay so my thing Uh is i've been doing what all i mean it's gonna be weeks until this is well but in the current time, I've been doing what all gamers have, all PS4 gamers have been doing. And it's like, oh, no, not everybody. Play- no, everybody's playing this game. I've been playing Last of Us 2. It 
is miserable. <laughs> what? The game, Last of Us 2, is just, it is depressing. It just, oh, yeah. I thought oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. It is a, saying it's miserable is not to say it is not a very well done game, very well done story, beautiful graphics, amazing gameplay, et cetera, et cetera. But story-wise in the things that happen, it is miserable. And it is overly realistic. I I it, it it gets to the point where like you feel bad about playing the game where it was like I shot a dude with the shotgun of the game and then he screams in agony for like a good 10 seconds. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just so that sorry. That doesn't sound like my game. And I, we have enough hard decisions in our life currently that I don't. I yeah, don't, and I just, don't feel the need, but others might. But it's just it's it's such a good game. I've been enjoying it, but man, and I've also I may or may not have watched my friends play through it. Um, for I've probably watched most of their twenty hour playthrough. Um, yeah, and just just want to say it, it's such a good game but i will say like the one funny moment in it was like the making you feel bad for playing the game it's like so i was like fighting this like patrol of like the antagonist guys so far and like one of them's like no 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 please spare me spare me and they kind of bend and they're like, they're like don't don't kill me and i'm like okay well if they're begging i'm not gonna like be brutal and kill them i'm gonna walk away and so i i like first of all it was hard for me to walk out of the combat so i start like pushing like against the camera having me standing there i start walking away and then my um companion character just shoots them and i was like I was letting them live. What, what are you doing? What? <laughs> just, just boom. It's like, okay, fine. I guess I can't let anybody live then. <laughs> it's a, it is a hard, hard game. Like, not like hard difficulty wise, oh. but like just subject matter. Hard game. I also love <laughs> that like you chose a hard, gritty, borderline horror game and I chose light and fluffy romance. Yeah. And I, I will say it's, Along the lines of horror with the message is what I actually wanted to be saying about this, where it's it does a very good job showing pretty much violence as being like this this negative thing, like and showing um the how the cycle of violence and the seats the um adventure for revenge how it does break down and destroy a person and turns them into everything they hated in the first place, and I. I, I, I like the, the the messaging of it, but yeah, it is it's miserable. <laughs> hmm. But but it does a good job on the sides of diversity where it is a very diverse cast of characters. Um you do play as a lesbian character, there is a trans character in it, there are black, white, um Latinx, Latinx, um uh asian all all sorts of different characters in there you see more than just one colored face and i think that does stand out and also i think the diversity of being like the first game to really show a character whose face is just fungus i think that is a very cool thing of doing that last part was a joke Remember okay. that episode of Hannibal right. where um th they were pretty much um the mushroom people Ugh. yeah Yes. Let's not talk about that, please. Ugh, this is why I don't do horror people. And on that note... See, creating cr creepy imagery is a lot better 
than just doing jump scares. And that's what I'll end out on. It's been a good episode. Thank y'all for listening. We shall check you out later. Almost said catch you on the flip side, but we'll see y'all later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.